Morning. My name is Shane. I'm the uh, outreach pastor in this church. How are your holidays? Good, good, awesome. You know, at the end of January, I always feel that life is tough for a married man, <laughs> especially for a married Chinese man. I spend most of my savings on Christmas and the New Year. Now it's time for Chinese New Year. People ask me, "Hey, how do you celebrate the Chinese New Year?" You tell me. You you tell me, because that's the same question I ask myself every time I check my bank account. How do I celebrate like this? And the Valentine's Day only three weeks away. Do you understand the feeling that you see the Chinese New Year and the Valentine's Day are on the same page of your bank statement? <laughs> no, you don't. You you don't even care. Moreover, only five days after the Valentine's Day is my wedding anniversary. <laughs> What was I thinking? When I plan my wedding, <laughs> when we plan for something complicated, it's impossible for us to foresee everything, especially on the tight budget. I'm not talking about my wedding anymore. Okay, in, just in case you didn't realize, I've been move on to the next subject. It's impossible for us to foresee everything at the planning stage. When I first started working in the building industry many many years ago, a 60 years old Kiwi builder told me, "No building project is perfect. Problems always happen, no matter how you plan it." I believe he was right. Lives don't always go the way as we planned. There are always always hard times. But our feelings don't always tell us the truth. Sometimes we feel that being trapped, being isolated in a cave, we see no light, we see no exit, and no one can help us. But the truth of life can only be told by the one who creates life. The truth is. No matter what circumstances you are in, as long as you keep faith, nothing can stop God from working in you. Nothing can isolate you from the presence of God. The place you feel powerless is the place to witness the power of your faith. So today, I'm going to share with you a story. About a man in the Bible, his name is David. He was the second king of Israel three thousand years ago. He once was living in a cave. So we are going to see what he did when he was in the darkest place of his life, and how he overcame it by his faith in God.
when David was a teenager, God sent the high priest Samuel to anoint him as king to replace King Saul. Saul was not very obedient to God, and when he heard that, he was so angry and jealous. So Saul decided to kill David. David had to run away from Saul and hide himself in the cave. Meanwhile, three thousand soldiers were searching for him in the mountain. Saul was not only the king of Israel, but also the father-in-law of David. David married Saul's younger daughter. And I will never understand the feeling of being hunted down by the king, but somehow I can understand being kicked out of the house by father-in-law. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. I get along with my father-in-law. Okay, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> He's probably sitting right next to you now. <laughs> okay, if I was David in the same situation, I would ask God. I mean, why are you allowing this to happen to me? I was only a shepherd boy in my village. And you sent Samuel to anoint me as king. I didn't even choose the job. But now everything you have done for me just makes this guy want to kill me. Have you been through a situation in your life that you try to walk in the ways of God, but the dark moments just hit you out of the blue? Bad things. Keep happening one after another. You don't know why, and you look around. You see a guy like Saul over there. This man, you know him. He never did anything good according to God's command, but he lives his life like a king. So you wonder why, God, what is wrong with my life? So, if you feel so, I believe God has a message for you today. Let's start with the、uh, scriptures, Psalm fifty-seven. If you are not familiar with the Bible, the Book of Psalm is a collection of sacred songs. In ancient times, people used to singing with instruments like we do in the worship time. So the title of Psalm 57 tells us that David wrote this one when he fled from Saul in the cave. Psalm 57, verses 7 to 11. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Here is David, singing in the cave. He was not singing a sad song, but an uplifting song to praise the Lord. 
it's astonishing to know someone in such a circumstances can still praise the Lord. I mean, for what? But David did it. It shows us that this man, he understood something deeper. So if we are going to learn from this man, we must understand who he was, what kind of person David was in the eyes of God. Let's get back to the time when Samuel anointed him and then confronted King Saul about his wrongdoing. Samuel pointed that out. It's in the book of Samuel, first book of Samuel, chapter 13, verse 14. Your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Samuel described David as a man after God's own heart. David knew God's heart. He knew what God had for him. He knew God's promise would never fail, even though no one seemed to help him. But David knew that is not the end of my life because that's not what God had promised me. So if you are in a dark place, and you feel yourself living in a cave, I want you to know your destination is not the cave you are in. As a pastor myself, I always preach the positive message. But it doesn't mean every day in my life is sunshine. There are moments, there are moments everything looks hopeless. There are moments I feel myself living in the cave. I've been working hard, but things just don't go the way as I planned. Why? That's a terrible feeling. I must do something to stop this feeling from controlling over my mind. So I have built a mentality that every time, every time when the dark moment hits me, I will say to myself firmly, that is not the destination of your life. That is not the final line in God's plan. We got to be very careful because we are living in the world. Everyone is overfit by the information we don't need. It's very easy to get distracted from what we should pay attention to. So we must spend time with God in knowing Him to build a strong sense of God's purpose in our life. Otherwise, how can we stay focused on the destination when we are surrounded by all the distractions? Let me ask you a question. Have you discovered God's purpose in your life? I'm not saying the general purpose for Christian life, love your neighbors, share the gospels. No, I mean the specific purpose for you as an individual. If not, I recommend the four weeks course growth track in our church to you. 
Because this course will help you to build, to develop the pattern of life, to discover, to pursue, and to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Discovering God's purpose in life was a wonderful thing for David. But for Saul, that was a different story. Saul would never want to kill David if he was just a shepherd boy. Saul wanted so much to kill this man because he was chosen by God to be the new king. So eventually Saul was not only the enemy of David, he was the enemy of God. The intentions of God's enemies is very clear. They want to stop us from fulfilling God's purpose in our life. A disciple of Jesus, whose name is Paul, he is the greatest missionary in history. In one of his letters to the church of Ephesus, which was an ancient Greek city, church reminded those Christians in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, Paul says, For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The enemies from an unseen world do exist. They are real and evil. They manipulate people. But the good news is, we are on the same side with God. We are all in the same jersey with God. Now let's imagine, let's imagine together, we are the players of the old blacks. Well, it's relatively hard for a Chinese man to imagine that picture, because we are not designed by God for that game, okay? Let's do it together. You are the player running towards the goal line with a rugby ball in your hand. What will happen to you? Will those opponents just sit there watching you running? Of course not. They will come to tackle you. They will do their best to stop you. Why? Because everyone knows the players of the old blacks are built for real competition. The old blacks are here to take the championship. Thank God I didn't preach this message before the World Cup last year. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone would say I was a false prophet. <laughs> but we all agree the old blacks is a championship team, so the opponents have to play the toughest defense in the game in order to stop them. The spiritual battle in real life it's the same. Our enemies, they don't want us to claim the victory over them. They don't want us to reach the destination God has planned. So they will do whatever they can to stop us. Let me show you a picture from the city I used to live in China. <coughs> Excuse me. You see the tree, it's a very big tree, it's a huge we got a few of those kind of trees in my city. I guess this one's probably 800 years old. 
the people in my place, they believed a tree all like that has some kind of spiritual power in it. I believe so. I believe that. But my question is, what kind of spirit it is? I heard some weird story of those trees. It's spiritual. It's powerful. So people worship the tree as an idol. Now let me ask you one question. When you submit yourself to a tree, when you know the one who creates all the trees in the world is for you, you are on the way to the destination with the one who creates everything, everything of the universe, the sun, the earth, time, life, everything, you name it. You know this creator is for you. And then you say, wow, I think I have to stop because the tree is on the way. Are you serious? No. How can this stop God? No enemies can stop God. So we must keep our faith in God, even in the dark place. The enemies try to use the dark places to stop us. But God can use the same circumstance to transform us. You remember David was just a shepherd boy. How did God transform a shepherd boy into a mighty king? Through the dark places. Face the big challenges and defeat the worst enemies. And then a new king was born. The cave is a place for your transformation to complete. Your destination is now the cave you are in. God didn't choose David to be the king only because God loved this man so much, but because God loved his people. God chose David for his people. When David escaped to the cave, many people went to follow him. In the first book of Samuel, chapter 22, Verse 2, it says, All those who were in distress or in debt or in discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. <laughs> Once again, if I were in the same situation, I would ask God, Who are those people? If you really want to help me, please, Find someone who has money or authority or army. Please, but look at them. What do you want from me? If you want to know God's heart like David did, you must realize God's heart is always for those who are in need. God's heart is always for those who are not able to save themselves. That's God's heart. God chose David to give hope to those who are in the same circumstance with him. 
The scenario of David's cave time looks so familiar to me. It reminds me another person in the Bible. Let me show you another picture here. Yeah, that's the one. After Jesus was crucified, his body was kept in a tomb like this. It's a cave blocked by a huge stone on the entrance. No light, no exit, no one could help. But we all know the purpose of Jesus was never just the death for his people. The destination of Jesus was never the cave where his body kept. Jesus went through the cave, defeated death, and then gave hope to all of us through his resurrection. So the cave is not the destination. Apostle Paul said, By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. He will raise us also. Jesus gave hope to all of us through his cave. David gave hope to his followers when he came out of the cave. Jesus gave hope to the world when he came out of the tomb. Today, God has chosen you to give hope to those who are in the same circumstance. The cave is not a place where you are isolated from the light. The cave is a place where you become the light to brighten it up. So let's praise the Lord as you already knew. Your destination is not the cave you are in. Before I close my message today, let me ask you a question. How do you start off your day every morning? If you want things to change in the new year, you must start doing new things for the year. Why not talk to God before you have a conversation with anyone else? Praise Him. Declare His promises and affirm your destination. And also when we pray, let's pray a little bit differently than we used to do this year. Not only ask God to give us hope, but also to give hope through us to others. God bless you.